All the the um, story with Adam and Eve, we have finished Cain and Abel, and we're now really going through a, chrono- a chronological idea of what happened in the first ten um, generations between Adam and what whom we will know soon later called Noah. And uh, if you are listening at home or you're able to look into the Chumash into the five books of Moses. We're on chapter five, and we are going to be starting now on verse one, which now again goes back and just gives a summary really about Adam. And then following on now, we will see what kids he had and how things progressed. So verse one of chapter five reads like this, Ze Sefer Toldot Adam. This is the book of the chronicles of Adam. Beyom Bero Elohim, Adam Bidmut Elohim Asaoto. It's on that day that God created Adam, he made him in the likeness of God. Zachar Unakeva Baraam, he created them male and female, Vaivarech Otam, and he blessed them, Vayikrai Chamam Adam, he called them man. Beyom Hibaram on the day they were created. So there's actually quite a lot to understand, but I'd like to focus on one um, anomaly over here. Um, if you if you are a student of the Torah or trying to be, you will know and you will remember from what I'm telling you now, moving forward, that when they talk about the generations of or the chronicles of, they generally use the word. Ele toldot, these are the chronicles of, for example, Ele toldot Noach, this is what we'll see in Genesis chapter 6. Or Ele toldot Yitzchak, these are the chronicles, these are the generations of Yitzchak. Um, here we've got a very interesting anomaly in that it doesn't say Ele toldot Adam, these are the chronicles of Adam, but it rather says Ele sefer toldot Adam, these are the books of the chronicles these are the this is the book of the generations of adam and the question really is why because as we know there is a standard idea in torah that everything we learn um is precise in torah torah doesn't waste even a nakuda even a vowel um if it's not meant to be there and certainly if you see an insertion of a word it is telling us that it's coming to teach us something more so what does it mean ele sefer Toldot Adam, these are the generations, or this is the book of the generations of Adam. So our rabbis come and say that it teaches us a couple of things. Firstly, we're, we're taught that Adam actually received a book from God, and through that, all the mysteries were revealed to him. He was um, a person, as we learned previously, he was created in the likeness of God. He was created perfect. He was created with a vision that we are told could see from one end of the world to the other. What that means on a practical basis was that he was a very, very spiritual person and he had the understanding and the knowledge of everything that was created. It was, it, he, un, he understood it. So, um, he had all the mysteries, um, 
that 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 God had so to speak hidden or that we don't see at face value, he understood them. Furthermore, um oh sorry, before I even start that, one other comment that I do want to make on this thing is that Adam actually wrote down a book called Sefer Yitzira, the book of formation. Now if anybody lays their hands on it, you won't understand a word because it is pretty cryptic, it's pretty um, deep. It is, it, it's, it's written almost in Morse code. You can't really figure it out, but anybody who is very steeped in Torah and understands the real depth of Torah would be able to take that and gain an understanding into the mysteries of this world. So this is when it says, Ele Sefer Toldot Adam. This is the book of the generations of Adam. What we're being told here is that Adam himself received revelation. He received uh, um, information about all the mystery, mysteries of the world. The second thing is, is that obviously in order for the world to function, one needed a skill set. One needed certain things in order to function. And we can see from last week when we were discussing his children and grandchildren that one became a musician, another became no, a nomad, one was a shepherd, another was a blacksmith, um, Etc. Etc. Where did they get all this information from? Remember, we're not talking about a situation of a of a community or society where there has been schooling for the last hundred, two, three, five hundred years, and we are basing our knowledge and our education on what was previously learned or understood and published, taught, etc. Etc. This is a brand new world. So, where did they get all the information about being? A musician being the first swordsmith, etc., etc. So we're taught that this was actually all knowledge to Adam, and this is why the word says "zeh sefer told Adam." This is the book of the generations of Adam, because Adam was given all this knowledge. Not only was he born at 25, not only was he born perfect, not only did he have a spiritual perspective and an understanding. Of, of everything. He also was born already as a storehouse, as a, as a formidable Google of, of, of how things should be and how to make things. And he actually taught all of these arts to his children, even though he himself, um, never made use to them, use of them. So all the, 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 the information that was needed in order to function, how to harvest, how to plow, how to grow, how to, um, make utensils, how to sing, how to, you know, do absolutely almost everything was knowledge that was imparted to Adam and he in turn passed that on to his children. So those are two, um, reasons given for the word safer. There is a, um, third one where it's talking about that the word safer is referring here to the entire book of Torah. Now, what is the main concern of the Torah here? The main concern of the Torah is to recognize that God created Adam. And since God created man, um, the lesson comes that we need to respect each other because man was created by God's command. The Sefer told Adam, the Sefer, the Torah, told us, 
told God, was the blueprint for God to create, told Adam, the generations of Adam. And therefore, we need to give respect to every creation, including man, um, because he is part of God's creation. Something that I think is fundamental in society today, something that we have have lost. Some societies have lost it much more than others in that um, you can, on the one side of the pendulum, see the total disregard for another human being. There is absolutely no um, obligation, no appreciation to sanctify and and help make help live another human being so to kill somebody to mur- you know to, to to murder to destroy has there's absolutely no conscious um decision there to to go and say well what am i doing i'm actually destroying another human being that is considered a whole world and of course the pendulum will um swing Closer to what the Torah wants, and that is that of respect. The whole question of abortion comes in. The whole question of what one does more subtly to another human being in showing disrespect to them. All of those things um, are contrary to the Torah viewpoint. The Torah viewpoint is that man is a creation of God. Man is created in God's likeness. Man deserves an honor and a respect because that's the way God expected it to, to uh, expects us to behave. And this really, in fact, is um, fundamental to, to, to a viable society today because that respect and honor has been D- diminished and diluted, we have today the chaos that uh, that that we see all around us. You're listening to Robertson Adol Kazilski. Welcome back. Indeed, you are, and we are learning Chumash. We are learning the five books of Moses. We are in the parsha of Bereshit. We are in the parsha of Genesis, and we're finishing up now the first part, the first gen- Genesis revolution, or evolution rather, not revolution, evolution um, of the world. And we are going to understand the chronology of Adam to Noah, which was actually 10 generations, but which in fact in terms of time spanned a thousand years. As always, I invite conversation, questions, um, anything that's on your mind, um, you know, based on this topic or questions you'd like to ask. The SMS number is 34519 and the WhatsApp is 061-895-1019. We just finished up before the break um, that the Torah talks about the 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 book of the generations of Adam, and from there we learn many many things. The last thing we spoke about was that because God looked into the book, looked into the Torah, which is the blueprint of the way the world was created, exactly as we have an architect who will have the drawings as how the building should be built. The Torah is our blueprint; it's our architectural plans, and in it. Um, he created man, man by architectural design was created in the image of God. And therefore, one of the things we learn implicitly from this is the idea of respect, of showing respect and honor to another human being. Now we're going to hit into the chronology. It says, Vahi Adam Shishim Umea Shana, Adam was 130 years old. Vayolad bidmunto ketzalmo. He had a son, 
um, who was actually created in his likeness, in his form, looked exactly like him, Vayikra et Shemor Shait, and he called him Shait. You'll remember in the beginning there was Cain and Abel. Uh, Cain and Abel were actually um, born when um, Adam was in the Garden of Eden. It was an instant birth. This is what we're hoping for, please God, in the time of Mashiach, that we will no longer have nine months of discomfort um, <clears throat> in bringing up a child. Um, we will fall pregnant in the morning and have a kid at night. So that was how it was right in the beginning of time. Adam was 130 years old, and he had a son called Shet. Um, we know that Abraham, the first generation, uh, sorry, Adam, the first generation of Adam, he was born on a Friday. Some say he was born on the 6th of Nisan, which would have corresponded to April the, the, the 3rd. And according to another opinion, he was born on Rosh Hashanah, which was October the 7th, all in the year 3760 or 61 before the Common Era, which, um, was obviously on the sixth day of creation. On that day, Adam had two sons and three daughters. And then we know that Abel was killed when he was only 50 days old. And last week we went through Cain's um, generations. He was cursed and none of his descendants survived. So the Torah tells us that 130 years passed before Adam had other children. And then he had a son called Shet or Seth. He was born in the year 130. So if you want to go before the common era, we're talking about the year 3631 before the common era. Now, um, the Torah continues on to say that Adam et and how many years did Adam live after he gave birth to Shet? He lived another additional eight hundred years. So all in all, um, Adam lived nine hundred and 30 years, 930 years, the first 130 in the beginning, he went through creation, he, uh, he gave birth to Cain and Abel, he saw the destruction of both Cain and Abel, and then at 130, he gave birth now to Shait, lived another 800 years. And so if you actually look at the, chrono the, the chronology, and uh, I actually Googled it this morning, if you just go uh, chronology of Adam Tanakh, you get quite a nice few um, examples that you could download that you can actually see um, who lived, how long, and whose kid was who, and it actually sorts it out really, really nicely. So Adam, when he died, was 930 years old, um, and uh, we were told, we are according to the first opinion, that said he was born on the 6th of Nisan, so he died on the 6th of Nisan, 930 years later. Others say that he died on the Rosh Hashanah of that year because he was created on the Rosh Hashanah of that year. Now, here's a question. Let's see who can answer. Well, who buried Adam and where was he buried? How's that for a question? Let's see who can answer that. Who buried Adam and where was he? He buried. You can SMS in on 34519. You can WhatsApp on 061-895-1019. Very, very 
interesting question. Uh, two uh, WhatsApps have come in. Um, one is to dedicate today's learning for Rafur Shleim for Esther Batsara and Le'iloi Nishmat Yitzchak Ben Herschel. Um, may he have an aliyah. And the question, other question is a very interesting question. I'm not sure on the topic, but the question is asked, do you still support Trump? Is he a good role model for our children? Um, I'm not sure what this has to do with the book of Genesis, but I will quickly answer that um, I support Trump insofar as that I believe he is part of the messianic process and that he is bringing the world towards um, our redemption. Um, is he a good uh, role model for our children? Quite honestly, I don't think that there are any leaders out there, any political leaders or any Hollywood leaders or not too many people out there that are good role models for our children. The only good role models are, of course, um, people who work on themselves and people who take the the, the, the teachings of Torah to heart um, and they, they learn, they, they act and behave according to that. So today, education of children, and I don't really think it is a uh, – it's a question about Trump, but it's a question on society altogether about parents and educators. Are we setting the example for our children? So that is just, a, I think, a little bit off the topic, but I hope um understood in that. So I'm waiting now for some answers on who buried um, Adam, who buried Adam, and where was he, in fact, buried. What I will tell you is that Adam died on a Friday. And we'll leave it at that for now. Let's see if we can get some answers in. Again, SMS 34519 or WhatsApp on 061-895-1019. Let's continue with the chronology. In the meantime, um, we are now in verse 6 of chapter 5. It says, Vayhi sheit chamesh shanim umea shana v'yoled et Enosh. So we have Adam. Adam gives birth to Shet. Shet now gives birth to Enosh. When Enosh is a hundred, when Seth is a hundred and five years old, he has a son who he um, who he names Enosh. Vayhi Shet acharei holidoy et Enosh sheva shanim oshmona meot shana v'yoled banim ubanot. Seth Sheth, whichever way you want to uh, chase. Um, lives 807 years after he has Enosh, and he has sons and daughters. And then it says, Vayhi ko yemei sheit, that all the days of Seth was Esra um, Shtaim, Esra Shana, Ochame, Ochana, Vayamot. He lived 912 years. So he didn't live as long as his father Adam. Adam died at 930, and his son now dies at 900. And 12. Just very interestingly, and I omitted to say that Adam was actually supposed to live for a thousand years. And we are told that um, in his ability to see um, way beyond the, the, the materiality of this world, he saw that down the line in future generations, he, there would be a king of Israel born King David. And that King David's fate was that he was only supposed to survive for a number of um a number of hours. So uh, Adam realized the potential of David, his ability to be the king, his ability to um, uh, 
to author the book of Tehillim, which we use extensively and which I've taught extensively over Chai FM. Um, Adam saw the, 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 the brilliance of of King David and willingly chose to donate 70 years of his life to to King David. And so instead of living a thousand years, he in fact lived 930 years. So we have Adam at 930, we have Shet at 912, um, and we are now going to go and see what happens to the grandson Enosh. Vayichi Enosh Tishim Shana, Enosh lives 90 years, Vayoled at Canaan, he has a son called Canaan, Vayichi Enosh Acharei Holido at Canaan, Chamesh Esra Shana, Shmone Meot Shana, Vayoled Banimubanot, Vayichi so we have Adam, then we have Shait, then we have Enosh. Enosh has a man called Canaan, Canaan, and Canaan had children. Enosh now dies at 905 years, so that is the end of the third generation. Now something just interesting about the f- first uh, three, the trio Adam, Shait, Enosh apparently um, according to the words of Torah, they all looked alike and since Adam was created by God, all his features were perfect. He, we are told that he was absolutely handsome um, and although the difference between Adam and Shet and Enosh was that Set, uh, uh, Shet and Enosh were born in a natural manner uh, from a woman. They looked exactly like Adam. And that's why, how do we know that? Because that is eluded in the words. And to Shet was also born a son, and they called him an Enosh. Why? The word also, which would normally be superfluous, comes to teach us that both Shet and Enosh resembled Adam in looks and deeds. That's just something about the three generations. But what happens now with the advent of um, of Enosh and him giving birth to Canaan, it said that they started turning their hearts to wickedness. They began to worship idols, and even Enosh became caught up in this error. Some say he didn't do anything until Adam had passed away, but what happened was that idolatry wasn't something that was just done, you know, immediately out there. Idolatry beca- began as a result of a logical mistake. What was the mistake? We're told that Enosh said to himself, you know what? God's created the stars. He's created the planets. Um, these things direct the world. And since God placed them in the heavens, in a place of honor, we must respect them. Just as, and he brings the analogy, um, just as we, as we show honor to the king's ministers, we honor, to the, we honor them, and by extension, that means we are actually showing respect to the king himself. So that's what we should do. And that was the beginning of the era of idolatry. Because of this argument that Enosh put forth, people began to build temples, um, in them, they started putting pictures representing the stars and the planets. They bowed down to these images. They offered sacrifices um, to 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 them, thinking all the time that they were doing God's will. Nobody, none of these people actually thought that the sun or the stars were gods. Um, they weren't 
They weren't fools. They weren't idiots. But they thought that if it's God's will, um, this is God's will. He asks, he's, he's demanding of us to respect these astronomical bodies. But this philosophy, and this philosophy did prevail for a long time. Certain people, though, then started taking it beyond that and started claiming that they, in fact, were prophets that God had spoken to them. And inevitably, the message they received was that a certain star um, should be worshipped, that sacrifices have to be offered to it. And these false prophets then also started ordering images set up in the temples, everybody bowing to them, men, women, and children. And every other day, we would get another prophet, and I'm putting prophet in inverted commas, who would appear to confuse the people. And the situation prevailed until images had been set up not only in temples, now every, under every tree, on every hill, on every mountain, and different groups started congregating in these places. And these prophets, again, in inverted commas, were exhorting them to worship um, in this manner in order to be successful in everything they did. And these prophets would give them instructions on how how to act with respect to these images. And so one thing left led to another every um, one invented a different kind of worship, and as a result, idolatry began to spread in the world. People started worshipping images, started sacrificing to them, and started bowing down to them. And in time, so we're talking, we're talking a thousand years. It's not something that happened overnight. In time, people forgot God completely. No one knew that there was a God in heaven. Um, all of them, the men, the women, the children, all just were aware of things made of wood. And there were stone images. They had seen their parents worshipping that. Everyone had their own idol that they would worship um, and call out on. And not knowing betters, they actually thought, there came a point in time where they actually thought that these idols had created heaven and earth. Um, so there wasn't too many people around that actually understood it, save for a handful. The first was um, Enosh. Um, he understood that for the majority of his life. Um, we, there is this um, idea that I just mentioned that he started changing that idea once Adam had died. But for the majority of his life, Enosh was like that. And we're going to meet a guy called Metushelach. And then Noah, three of them, Enosh, Metushelach, Noah, and then Noah had a son called Shame, um, and, and, and Ever came after them. They, they were only five individuals in, in an entire um, world that actually understood until Abraham came that there was a God and that all of these things were not, were, were, were not, were not correct. And in fact, because Adam understood so much and knew the secrets of, of the world and the way the world worked, what also developed is that in this gener, in, in these generations, we saw men, they, they saw many great masters of black magic and the occult and, um, they, they used it for for, for, for wicked purposes, they really would cast spells and they tried to control the angels in charge of fire and water and they did a whole lot of stuff. So 
the world kind of careered out of control. Was it something that happened overnight? No, it was over time. And really, when you think about it, you beg and ask the question, you know, what happens to us? You, we could see ourselves in 2018 as a generation, as, 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 as a people who have evolved because there have been so many philosophies and we've had the taste of so many things that we have seen come and go. We had the time of the Greeks where there was this worship of the human body. We've had the idea of communism. We've had the idea of socialism. We've got the idea of capitalism. We've got all sorts of philosophical theories on how um, and why we should be living our lives in the manner that we do. And really, again, when one is pondering one's existence, one's purpose in this world, I think the main question that needs to be asked is really, what is the correct theory? Because, look, theories come and go, ways of lives come and go. And, um, you know, what happens if you back a, a horse that is, in fact, um, a loser? What happens if you become a stalwart and believe in uh, communism and then 50, 60, 80, 100 years down the line, you actually see that communism um, doesn't is, is, is not a good system. How does one hold on to the right philosophy? We're going to answer that after the break and just uh, waiting for a few more SMSs to come in. Who buried Adam? Who buried Adam and where was Adam buried? You can let me know on the SMS line 34519 or on the WhatsApp 061 895 You're listening to Robertson Adel Kazilski. Welcome back. And uh, just before the break, we were, well, I was discussing, hope, hopefully you're listening, um, looking for feedback if, if you will. 34519. Let's get to the answer of who buried Adam and where was he buried? Well, Zach, you got the right answer. Well done. Hashem buried Adam. Okay. God himself buried Adam on that Friday morning. And where did he bury him? He buried him in the cave of Machpelah. The cave of Machpelah is the cave which we learn about just a little while down the line when Abraham looks for a cave to bury his wife Sarah in, it says that he walks into this cave and he smells the smell of Gun Aden. He knew that this was almost the portal, the entrance to Gun Aden. Because remember, Adam's just stayed just outside Gun Aden all his life. Um, and it is, it was there that he buried Adam. And so what's not known to most people is the fact that um, when we go visit the cave of Machpelah in, uh, in Hebron, we're actually going to see four couples there because Adam and Chava, Adam and Eve were buried there along with our three four, forefathers and three of our four foremothers. Quite an armful. Rachel is the only one that didn't. Thank you, Rene. Indeed, also correct. I could see that uh, you're listening all the way from Israel. Welcome, welcome. God, in fact, buried Adam. Coming back to uh, the generations between Adam and uh, Noah, we were discussing just before the break that what we saw was a degeneration, a, 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 a dilution of what was in fact correct, that a thousand years down the line, we have a world that is in fact a world that is totally contrary to 
the will of God and to the, the, the recognition of the existence of God. And I posed the question, what, how do we, what do we learn from this? How do we know how to live our lives moving forward? And uh, I, I think the straight and simple answer is that when one looks to live a philosophy in life, one needs to find a philosophy that's tried and tested, the one that resonates truth irrelevant of where you find yourself on the planet, which country, you know, what heritage you have, where you're born, where you're going, et cetera, et cetera. And there is only one philosophy that has stood the state of uh, that has has stood the test of time, and that is the way that Torah tells us to live. And it makes sense because we've just learned um Sefer told at Adam, these are the this is the book of the Chronicles of Adam, that the Torah was the blueprint. So the Torah is the authentic manuscript, is the authentic um, architectural plans for uh, the existence of this world. And if we stick to them, then we are sticking to that which is right in this world. And we will see other philosophies come and go. And I guess we can go back to that comment of, do I still support Trump? Do I think he's a good example to, to, to kids? You know, the Trumps of this world will come and go. The example of the kids and how to raise kids is found in the Torah. And that's where we have to go always for our source of knowledge. Let's look now into verses 12 to 14. Vayichi Kenan Shivim Shana. Kenan had lived 70 years. He had a son called Mahalel. And Kenan then lived another 840 years after he had the son Mahalel, um, who had sons and daughters. And Kenan lived for 910 years. A very interesting idea about this fourth generation, this man called Kenan. Um, he actually died in the year 1235 before that, that, that is in the Jewish uh, calendar, that means 2,526 years before the Common Era. And the story is told that um, Alexander the Great explored an island in the Indian Ocean, and he found a tribe there that had an extremely feminine appearance, and they subsisted on raw fish, which they had swallowed alive. And it was told to him that Kenan, this um, the fourth generation from Adam was buried on the island, and it said that Kenan was a great genius. He knew a lot of things, even how to dominate demons, and he was able to figure out that God would bring a flood to destroy the world. And all this was found on a monument on that island engraved in clear Hebrew script, and it was also written that in his time the ocean rose and flooded a third of the world. That is a piece of interesting uh, knowledge. Then 15 to 17 reads that Mahalal, fifth generation, lived 65 years. He had a son called Yered. Then Mahalal lived 830 years after he had Yered, and all the days of Mahalal was 895 years. So that was the fifth generation, Mahalal. Mahalal then gave birth to Yered. That's the sixth generation. He lived 162 years. He had a son called Hanoch, um, and Yered lived 800 years after Hanoch, and Yered lived 962 years. Now we have Hanoch. Hanoch, this is number seven. Um, he lived 65 years, and he had a son, and I mentioned his son's name, called Metushelach. 
Um, and it says over here, Hanoch walked with God for 300 years after he had Metushelach and he had sons and daughters. And all the years of Hanoch was 365. He walked with God and he was no more because God had taken him. So the seventh generation of Hanoch, okay, um, he walked with God. God did not want him to be involved in the negativity of this world. So in relation to everybody else, he died pretty early, died at 365 years. Now we come to Metushelach. Remember we had Shait, and down the line his great-great-great-grandson is Metushelach. Metushelach lived 187 years. He had a son called Lemech, um, and he lived 782 years after the birthing of Lemech. Metushelach he is, and here is a piece of general information, Metushelach lived the longest, 969 years. Now, Metushelach was known as a tzaddik, an absolute saint. Um, it said when he died, a great noise was heard. It, caused, it was caused by the angels who were eulogizing him. And it's also written that he had an unbelievably big funeral and um you know, it was spoken about for a long, long time. Metoshelach died just before the flood, um, and it said that God, he was so righteous, Metoshelach, that God delayed the flood um, and didn't bring it until the seven-day mourning period for Metoshelach was over. And this was coming to teach us that mourning for the righteous is extremely important to God. So Metoshelach has Lemech. Lemech lives 182 years and he has a son and his son's name was Taram Noach. So that was number nine. Noach was number 10. And why does he name his son Noach? This is the first one that we actually get a reason for his naming. It says, Vayikra et Shemo Noach lemor. He was called Noach. Ze yinachameni mima asenu ume itzvon yadenu mina adama asher arara. Hashem, that this one will bring relief, meaning Noah will bring relief from our work and our anguish of our hands from the soil with which God cursed them. So what we see here is that God, that, that he names his child Noah, which comes from the word Nachem, which means to, um, to comfort. And, um, we know that Noah brings some type of certainty, some type of, of, of relief to the world because, in fact, he is righteous. You're listening to Rabbits and Adol Kazilski. And hi, Gisela, you just said in that you're with me every Monday. That's fantastic. Great to hear that there are people out there that are participating, learning, um, and I hope that you gain much from our learning together. Finally, we are going to finish up with Lemech, Lemech lived 595 years after he had Noach, and he had sons and daughters, and all the days of Lemech were 777 years. Now, until Noach was born, the world was experiencing three major misfortunes. Um, first of all, before Adam sinned, we know that he was master over all of earth, all of earth's creatures, and after Adam sinned, um, the animals rebelled. They didn't obey him. And this went on for nine generations. It caused much suffering to the people that were around. For example, when a, when a man wanted to plow, his ox would kick him as he walked alongside him. Um, 
and others would gore him. Um, the soil was cursed when, when, when man wanted to try to plant wheat. We know that thorns would grow, etc., etc. And it says that when God handed this sentence down to Adam and said, well, now this is the punishment. This is the consequence of you eating from the tree of knowledge, good and evil. Um, Adam asked God, how long will my children have to suffer? And we are told that God answered him until a child is born circumcised. And what happened then was Adam passed this information down to his children. And they all were hoping that one day they would see such an occurrence. So whenever a boy was born, he would be examined very carefully to see if he was naturally circumcised. And the first child that showed that sign was in fact, Noah. And so people knew that that curse had ended. Um, also, Noah helped people in another way. Until he was born, there was a, a great deal of farming had to be done by hand. And we are told that Noah was an absolute genius, and he invented many farming implements that assisted. The second um, thing that Noah helped with was that during these nine generations, there were many wicked people, and even after they were buried, they couldn't find any rest. It says that twice a day, waters would rise and flood the cemeteries, um, and it had been decreed that even the dead would suffer every morning and evening. So their graves were constantly underwater. When Noah was born, um, our rabbis teach that this decree was annulled. And finally, there was a great famine just before Noah was born, and it stopped on uh, w w when he was born. So what we see there is that during Lemach's lifetime, there was a tremendous famine. Noah was born. Um, the, the, the world became bountiful. And we know from that that um, Noah was going to bring some type of relief, some type of blessing back to this world. So what we did very quickly um, in a matter or a span of maybe 40 minutes is actually transverse history close to a thousand years and uh, discuss the main guys, the, the way, you know, the generations passed one to another. And uh, please God, next week we will finish up the book of Genesis and actually um, see where we, how we arrive at Noah. And then of course, afterwards we will get involved in the whole story with Noah and the building of the ark. So I leave you with this information today. I wish you all a wonderful week. Please God, on Sunday night, we'll be celebrating the holiday of Hanukkah. And Hanukkah is a holiday where we actually are celebrating what we've learned today, the knowledge and the understanding that it's not about strength, it's not about might, it's not about um, all the big things in life, the Greeks were a huge nation. It's about people staying true to who they are and what they believe in, which is the belief in God. And from that, we can see many, many miracles. So I wish you a wonderful week. And please, God, we'll be back next week, same time, same place.